You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside a room filled with just a bunch of legends, to be honest with you. We got Jacob the Beard in the house. We got Tim live in Green Bay. We got Jake Shavink in some remote location watching college tape. We've got Emilio live in Tennessee, just got through feeding the donkeys. So um, here we are, and we're going to do a mock draft tonight. There's really no news that's broken lately, so we'll just kind of dive into that. Now, uh, we've got a new DC. So um, I, I literally glance at the chat. And all I see, the first thing I see is from Donovan Schilling. I'm so mad. I ain't even reading the rest of the chat. I'm just going to read. I'm so mad. <laughs> but we were sitting at a Brazilian steakhouse about, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. And I looked over at Mandy and she went, you need to go home? I went, I need to go home. So let's go talk about this hire. I'm going to start with Jake. Jake, you've watched probably more college football than anyone. I've got the numbers pulled from teamrankings.com, all that good stuff. We'll dive into the points per game. We'll dive into the rushing yards per attempt, the passing yards per attempt, all that stuff. On the surface, what was your first reaction, your response to this hire? Uh, He's going to have better personnel in Green Bay than at Boston College. There we go. We're starting positive. I love that's, that. I, I, I no, that. that wasn't my first thought, but that's the first thought I think I can <laughs> say on the on, um, live. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that the, the aggressive style is coming back. And I think that's very clear when you kind of look around, obviously probably all of us have had time to kind of look at Twitter, see what others are saying and just kind of like, okay, it's going to be four, three, which will be an interesting shift. Uh, and sounds like press man is, is going to be a big part of, of what's cooking. So might change the draft strategy up a little bit from, from a defensive personnel perspective. Got it. Now, obviously, we're talking about Jeff Hafley, uh, Boston College head coach. Who? Coordinator. <laughs> has been hired as the new defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Jacob, initial thoughts. I know you called me. You couldn't hear me at the restaurant. But uh, what uh, what are your initial thoughts on this, bro? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little – I'm not going to lie. It feels like a lot uh, 
a lot similar to how I feel when a Packers make a draft pick, and I'm like, whoa, who? Like, okay, yeah, pretend like I knew him all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that guy, yeah, for sure that guy. Uh, but that being said, honestly, when I looked him up, I still kind of scratched my head. We, we'll get into certain stats that are probably leave uh, leave you wanting for a little more. You can look at uh, some of the, I guess, his his – pedigree i guess there is some ties to like shanahan some crossover there some crossover to mike Pettin. um but all in all i'm a little unimpressed i guess the if we were going to just take a stab at a random coach from college i mean i guess sign me up to the people that would have liked to see us go for leonard or something like that but i mean like jake talked about it is intriguing to see it sounds like he loves press man and um if it is going to be a lot more disruptive i'm I'm here for that. I would be interested to see what you guys think that's going to mean for Stokes, Jair, and Bell and Bell, how that will affect their playing style. But uh, we can get into that as we go. Definitely. Josh Martin with the Super Chat says, someone on Twitter said he is the just the Justin Harrell of defensive coordinators. God, I hope this isn't true. Why? I'm not impressed, but hopefully of this hire. I think he's saying, but hopeful of this hire. Appreciate the Super Chat, Josh. Yeah, listen, it's it's not going to be the same as Boston College. We got to really kind of step back and go, all right, let's let's cool it for a second. I know there's a lot of hot takes out there on Twitter, especially. I come through Twitter really quick. Zach Cruz put out a tweet and put, you know, uh, Pete Thamel reports some or quote all of the Packers' current assistant defensive coaches could return under Jeff. Uh, Halfley, I know Mike Hebring just threw up on his keyboard because he just put in the chat. Yeah, um, he said, also says Halfley is a longtime friend of Matt LaFleur. Hope this works out. That's all Zach Cruz said. So um, obviously Zach Cruz, I'm pretty sure Zach is a is a Packer fan who covers the Packers. I kind of feel like he's a Packer fan rather than just kind of a – I don't say unbiased in a negative way. I personally like it when Packer fans cover the Packers, me personally, rather than someone who just wants to kind of – constantly pick things apart but um yeah tim initial thoughts man i know i'm pretty sure i know where you to stand overall we're we are very similar in the fact that we like zone defense we're not big man coverage guys but uh what's your initial thoughts on the uh on the matter here my first reaction when i uh started deep diving a little bit um on the resume was um and Jake basically answered it already. Um, at least I think he did. So it looks like we're going to switch. We'll be going to a, a four three defense. Um, that was the first thing that I kind of noticed. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about, you know, the hiring and firing, you know, Joe Barry gone, this is, this is our new guy, you know, change is what they wanted, right? There, there was a reason they made a decision to move on from Joe Barry. And I, I think, you know, to the Packers credit, to Matt LaFleur's credit, that's, who they brought in. They brought someone that's basically the polar opposite in the approach to the defense. So uh, as a fan, um, I'm on board. Um, I'm excited to see, um, you know, how this defense is going to shape and, and what it's going to look like here as we go through the draft and go into, into camp. Um, you know, we have to got to support. We're fans first, right? So we have to support our team. Um, and uh, I think this will be interesting. It is interesting that he is um, – you know, we have uh, we're not going to use the word nepotism, but, you know, he does have a, a friendship with Matt LaFleur, much like we knew Joe Barry had a close uh, friendship with Matt LaFleur prior to him being brought in as well. So, um, you know, changes here. It's it's on the horizon. It's uh, something that you, um, you know, like like I said before we jumped on, like, you know, the Joe Barry haters should have nothing to complain about with this. I mean, this is this Absolutely. is exactly what you guys wanted. So uh, I'm all I'm all for it. You know, 
personal preferences aside, um, you know, maybe a new approach is exactly what's needed. And uh, only time will tell. We got to give him a shot. I will say the one thing um, that does make me feel good is, you know, for everyone who initially reacted with, oh, gosh, we went to the NCAA and this guy's never been a, a coordinator in the NFL. It's like, well, he has NFL experience on his resume. So that's something that we also need to remember and I think is super important. And he's got the youth factor, right? He's, I believe, 44 years old. We, you know, we wanted to go a little younger. Um, and nobody in this league gets to become a DC without somebody taking a chance and in, in hiring them as their defensive coordinator. So I think I think we got to support this hire as best we can right now and be ready for the future. Yeah, show me show me the coaching hire that happened in the last five years where the coach didn't have some kind of tie to the hire, right? So that yep. whole that you know I got to kind of push back on Zach's tweet a bit about you know well, it's just they're just friends, is you know it's kind of he didn't say that, but it kind of feels like he said that. Everybody knows everybody right across the league. It's so yeah. rare that someone's just going to hire someone out of nowhere. Andy A. Pack in the chat said, do we get the, quote, why are we playing man tweets by the third quarter of week one, or do we think it takes more time? I'm, I'm going to try to stay out of it, Andy. I'm gonna I would rather it. have some press zone than press man, but. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing, too. You, when, when you hear people say it's going to be primary man, I haven't watched his tape, so I'm just – assuming that the people saying that know it's man rather than zone match, right? Because I've watched some people, you know, completely, oh, I can't believe they're playing man here. I'm going, that's not man, that's zone match. Like, this guy's playing man, he's playing zone. You can tell he crossed his face, the threshold was fine. Like, but you just got to kind of let those go. But uh, Emilio, um, I'm with you though, Andy. Uh, the other thing too is like, some people are not going to be able to find anything positive about this. That's going to happen, Right. I am not happy about this hire. I'm not going to BS anyone. I didn't see this hire and went, yes, here we go. I'm not going to lie about it. But we got to give them an opportunity to see, all right, what's the plan here? What's the game plan? But, Emilio, what was your initial response to it, Bo? So, saw it late. Uh, all I listened to, I didn't look up any tape or anything. All I listened to was that one pod that uh, Adam did with him, and I got through about the first 20 minutes of it. I did like, you know, he's big on family. He's big on, you know um, – you know, you got to got to spend time with your family, but you got work too. He was big on you know draft or developing kids. You know, he wanted it to be more bring them in for as a freshman and have them stay those four years, get the degree, maybe stay a fifth year. Like he wants that, you know, the continuity, the the similarity. Um, and I like that he was willing to you know grow them and things like that. Uh, but he also said that he wanted to coach more defense instead of being the head coach now when he's got a you know he's basically trying to you know scout. Um, run the NIL, do all that, and teach offense, defense, all that. So he, he's big on training up his staff, um, training up his players, and I like his work ethic. But, man, I need to look at some tape because I also have no idea really what's going on with it. I, I, I saw the news, hopped on here, and I said, I'm ready for the mock draft, man. Let's hit it. Right. Now, Red Low, if, if we do shift this lineup to a 4-3, right, it, here's the thing. We've been playing a 4-3 essentially in our nickel anyway. Nothing would change in our nickel at all. It would just be our base. So you would go from seeing the 34 jam to a 4-3, a 4-3 under, or a 4-3 over, right? And um, that's essentially how that's going to work. Red Mo says, I'm going to miss Preston Smith, cornerback one jokes. You should never see Preston Smith in coverage again if we go to a 4-3 base, okay? Because no longer will you have – but here's the other thing you're not going to see. You're not going to see those wide nines consistently. Right. And that's what takes away the outside zone, the explosives in outside zone. Not that you can't stop it in four three, 
plenty of defenses did it across the league this year, right? But, uh, you know, we talked about Baltimore. Baltimore runs kind of a hybrid type defense, right? So there was a lot of 4-3 mixed in there with some with some some odd-looking 34 fronts, you know, like, like a 3-3 Cubs, stuff like that, that people get really, really creative with. Um, but we got a question here that I think, Jake, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but maybe you'll be able to answer it. You'll definitely be able to at least take a shot at it better than mm-hmm. us. John Schmidt in the chat, he's a member of the PTA Posse. He says, any players from BC we need to dive into the draft now? Jake, uh, any, anybody come to mind there? Bro? There is a corner down here from BC. Um, he's been fine uh, in coverage this week in the in the one v ones again. It's very skewed to the receivers, right. uh, but he's got he's got pretty decent size for the position. So it's 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 something to uh, to to keep an eye on for sure. Other than that, I, I don't think there's a whole lot from Boston College. Maybe their guard Christian Mahogany, who was down at um, the Shrine Bowl, good run blocker. Pass blocking has been a little shaky now and again, but those are probably the only two that you're probably going to hear about a lot down the during the process. So, got it, got it. Appreciate it, John, and, and thanks for that answer there, Jake. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's kind of look at this. Let's start with let's start with the bad news, okay? Let's hit the bad news, and then we'll kind of end with this coaching history and go, okay, maybe maybe we're we're taking a step back into his past, right? And you guys cut me off at any points, any comments, anything. I don't want this to turn into just a reading podcast here, obviously. But uh, this is points per game across the NCAA. Um, This is according to the website teamrankings.com. They do both NFL uh, statistics like this, and they do NCAA statistics. So Boston College, according to teamrankings.com, came in 74th in the NCAA rankings here at 28.3 points per game that they allowed. Okay. So no one's going to try to convince you that was good. All right. But again, like we said, he's going to have better talent here. He'll have better coaches that, that whole thing there. Um, now, when you look at passing yards per attempt, all right, Boston college, they're actually a little bit lower 84th at 7.6 passing yards per attempt. That's uh that's cheeks too. Right. Um, but wait, like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. Um, Boston College in yards per rush, rushing yards per attempt, 5.1. That was ranked 119th. So um, I don't, I, like I said, I'm not a college football expert. Maybe their whole roster was in shambles. You know, um, I remember that when I think Boston College, this is how out, this is how not plugged in I am with Boston College. I think of Matt Ryan. <laughs> right. That was a long time ago. I think you sure I think of AJ Dillon, right? <laughs> so, um, well, didn't AJ you know, Dillon play with was there crossover? Was he AJ Dillon's coach? Donald's put in the chat that he did coach McDuffie and Dillon. Gotcha. So he's got Which, McDuffie on yeah, the roster. McDuffie. Okay. Let's look at this coaching history. This is what I was saying maybe some good news here. Let's just kind of walk through it. Okay. Um, let's, let's start, let's start with the most recent. Okay. 2020. So he's been at Boston college since 2020. Okay. And he did Jake, did I hear right? He led them to three straight bowl games. Is that what you said, Tim too? I thought it was three somewhat. I saw a tweet, something like that. Three out of, of the four years. Does that sound right, Jake? Yes. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was three out of four. I think is, okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if it was three straight or not. I, for sure. It was three bowl games. Gotcha. So he's been there since 2020. In 2019, this was a part of his the positive aspect of his resume. They said he did a really good job as co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach at Ohio State in 2019. So before that, 
He was actually the defensive backs coach for the San Francisco 49ers. That was from 2016 to 2018. Before that, he was with the Cleveland Browns from 24, uh, 2014 to 2015 as the defensive backs coach. Right before that, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2012 to uh, 2013, secondary slash safeties coach. Uh, before that, Rutgers defensive backs coach. Before that, in 2008, 2010, Pitt defensive backs coach. He was a defensive assistant from 06 to 07. So he's been coaching for a very, very long time. We won't go any further than that. I mean, it was Albany, Albany, and then uh, – Worcester, I guess is how you say Worcester. Um, not not the sauce either. There, you knuckleheads. <laughs> Polytech. He was the running backs coach. So the one thing you could say is, all right, what's his specialty going to be? It's going to be secondary, right? That's the mm-hmm. thing that really pops out to you. So, um, what are we always talking about on here? The most important aspect of these top scoring defenses across the NFL last year, which was Baltimore number one in points per play, points per game. Kansas City number two in points per play, points per game. San Francisco number three. In that same exact order, the number one passing defense, according to passing yards allowed per attempt, was Baltimore. Number two is KC. Number three, or uh, yeah, number three was San Francisco. So, um, or actually, number five was San Francisco. So, but still, you see, they're the the third best scoring defense. So, you can see they're keying in on, you know, stopping the pass. You're bringing this cat in to try to get the most out of the secondary. So, and he wants much more DBs. So. He's got That's a great op- – He in, in that interview, he was talking about wanting to coach more DBs, so he's got a great opportunity now to do that. And he coached uh, – was it Rondé and uh, – Rondé Barber and uh, Revis in college. So he's got a little bit there. And he said when he when he coached with uh, – or when he coached um, – what am I thinking? Richard Sherman, that he learned a lot of zone from him and a lot of nickel from Barber. Gotcha. So Sherman, he was a part of developing Sherman too or – or at least Sherman, well, not developing. Or there, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. learn from them. Yeah, so he – I'm trying to think back now to San Francisco, if I remember correctly, that defense kind of came over from Seattle, if I remember right. Am I thinking right, Jake? They kind of came from Seattle with Robert Sala. Wasn't he in Seattle before San Fran, if I'm remembering correctly? If you you don't know, it's okay. I I thought that was the case. Um, 16 to 0 from that, that late. That's probably correct. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, eighteen. That sounds right. Yeah. So he would have been with Sala. And for those of you who don't know, Seattle, you know, with the Legion of Boom, they had great DBs. Obviously, they played a lot of what we call cover three, cover three buzz, if I remember correctly, right? And they were essentially they were showing too high. I remember on the play callers, um, someone got to San Francisco as a coach. And they brung up the Sala. Yeah, man, the way you guys play quarters. And Sala said, we don't play quarters. We play cover three because they were disguising it so well. And they were playing a little zone match, too. So um, you'll probably get a little bit of that. The man coverage thing is what's got me baffled because I'm hearing a lot of people say this is going to be man heavy. This is going to be man heavy. Jake, do you think that's just because what he did at Boston College? Is that is that what we're thinking there, man? It might have been just like at Boston College to like – well, we better bring six or seven just to see what happens because we don't, you know, they don't, they're, they're, they're not overwhelmed with like talent at Boston College, right? Like, I think that's what's more exciting is he's going to have the personnel, right? And so, yeah, honestly, it was probably just, there was probably a lot of that where it's just like, well, you know, let's try and bring seven or six, see what happens and, and see if we can, you know, kind of throw things off a little bit. I, I can't wait. I've I got Clemson and Florida State against Boston College defense ready to roll after Good this. Stuff. Uh, we'll we'll see what we'll see what they uh they threw at um those two guys. Perfect. Can I, can I ask Jake a question quick? Yeah, absolutely, man. 
just when we're writing down real, is there anything you think that's going to really affect the way that Gary's being played uh, when they switch to a four, three. And does that mean that we would draft or put a different emphasis on like a true will and stamp linebacker that we haven't had in a while? I, I don't, I'm trying to remember if, if Gary played a lot with his hand in the dirt at, at Michigan, he did. He was in tier. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did play in the inside. So yeah, he. I don't think he'll have any problem with it. I know Van Ness is thrilled to, to be in like a three and four point stance most of the time. I know yeah. he is. Like that's going to be perfect. But yeah, I think, I think linebacker is going to be on the priority list now a little bit more for the Packers yeah. in the draft because unless they want to roll in with you know, on base downs they've got McDuffie out there with the other two, which. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. You know, might not be you know the worst thing. You have probably Devondre playing Will, right? Yeah. And, and you'll probably have McDuffie be more of the either the middle or the Sam backer. So, yeah, I, I don't. They could roll in with that, but I imagine they're probably going to go. Yeah, we got to find somebody in this class, maybe in the first three rounds, uh, to to add to the room. Got it. Good stuff. Yeah. As far as Gary, what I think is going to happen with Gary is he's just he, he's if you do go to a four three it's going to be hand in the dirt, just a defensive end. You know, I, I don't think they'll try to move him inside. I really don't. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find anything as far as tendencies. You know, the the problem that I have is uh, we don't have a 33rd team for college, <laughs> right? So you can't really pull how much man, how much zone they played. I'm sure there's some kind of geek out there that broke it down. But, yeah, as far as Gary, I think what will happen is – Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary will just go straight defensive in. You'll probably have to bolster that defensive tackle room a bit. You'll still have your traditional nose, right, that you'll want in there on the on the running downs. I would imagine that would be your TJ Slate and your Kenny Clark. I think the days of Kenny Clark kind of playing that, you know, that four-eye look a little bit more and maybe even a five, you know, I think those are gone because you're not going to have those wide edges. What you're going to essentially see is you're probably going to see the edges play more of a five tech than you will like a wide nine look type thing. And I could be wrong. Maybe San Fran does a little bit of that too. Does San Fran still run a four, three? Do you guys know? I'm trying to think if they run four, three or not. I know, I know they're in uh, like a lot of bit, but um, I'm asking like loaded they, questions in here. I feel like they got to be, I don't. Yeah. 
I don't yeah, see them often have five down linemen. So when they're in base, they got to have three backers out there. Right. Yeah. When, when we're in base and we go three down though, and we step, you know, Preston and Gary over, we'll have, we'll have five down. We're going to lose a lot of that. Right. I mean, or are we going to walk a backer around the side? If, if we're sitting in base, are we going to, are we going to walk him around the side and push Gary inside more than he's going to have potentially more double teams, I guess. Or... That's the thing. Like you can play an under or an over, right. Uh, you can bring that kind of approach. You can play a bear. You can, there's a lot of different fronts you can play. Um, but, and it, it's, you know, again, I wasn't one that seen the news and was like jumping up and down, but at the same time, me being the football geek, this is the first time I'm actually going to get to dive real heavy into a four, three defense if they do switch to four, three. So we're going to be teaching a lot on that and not by teaching like here, guys, let me show you what I know. It's going to be, we're about to learn all this together. Right. And that's the best way. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out though. Uh, can you, can you answer Paul's question real quick that he just put down there? Yeah, let's see. Uh, just what's the confirmation? What confirmation is there? We are switching to a four or three. To the best of my knowledge, zero confirmation. <laughs> and that's why I was asking too. The best of my knowledge, there's zero confirmation. We're going man heavy. If you guys are seeing the same tweet I see, and I'll, I'll just name drop him. Na- Aaron Nagler pulled a quote where he who where <laughs> <laughs> he talking about play press man, right? And evidently he made a quote that yeah, you you need to be able to play press man, guys. Everybody in the league plays press man. It's how often do they play it? It's just like zone. Like when we hear man heavy, when people think, oh, we're, we're switching to man coverage now, the team that ran the most man coverage in the entire league, I think I've got Adam Dirty's um, defense still pulled here. No, I've already deleted it. Dang it. Um, even, you know, I think it was, it was the Cowboys that might have ran the most man coverage in the league. It's still not like 80% man. Right. It's it's still very close to 50-50. It's just some teams run a higher percentage man than zone. So um yeah. Some people are getting their hopes up thinking, man, we're going just press man all the time. It's it's not it's not gonna happen. But um as you guys know, I we pointed out all year long when we were breaking down tape, the explosive plays this year came when we were playing man coverage. So um now, the nickel and diamond and chewing up the clock and going all the way down the field, that did happen in zone, obviously, but the explosives for the most part came against man. Um, so, anyway, anybody else got anything else they want to add to this conversation? Y'all seem depressed. It's by, it's depressing me. <laughs> I like Jen. I like what Jen said here. Goody's going to have fun at the presser tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think about that. It is tomorrow, isn't it? Right. So he must have lined that up perfectly. He must have known that. Hey, uh, we'll sign it. We'll uh, we'll hire him on third. Uh, what Wednesday? Right? What's today? Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday. Give me a day to relax. See how it, see how it lands. Dip into the whiskey this evening, and then we'll hit it hard tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> These are tough questions. You gotta you gotta figure he was in the know all along, though. Hmm. So you know, like we talk about. Oh, I wonder what his what his draft board looks like now. It's like he's probably been ready for this days days ahead of us so um i do think it'll be fun if if anything this makes our draft this year that much more interesting especially you know with the new dc like this and a possible possible adjustment to the way we do things we don't know so yeah so number one packer fan said nagler said that was a quote that he remembered and liked when he was at bc okay gotcha gotcha so yeah we don't really have anything to go off and then but then ron said here uh, when he took over Ohio State, the headline was defensive backs find comfort in zone. So maybe maybe everyone's just throwing out anything they can get their hands on. Maybe he'll play zone. Maybe it's going to be 60-40. Who knows? 
Are you really trying to say that the internet overreacts? <laughs> no. Come no. on now, man. Come on. I think it's oh. important that we don't conflate those uh, vague terms like aggressive. We hear, oh, we need more aggressive. That That's not necessarily linked exclusively to press man coverage. You know, you can be aggressive with zone approaches uh, in the NFL. So, I mean, I think it just lends uh, less fuel to the fire that, you know, we can assume a lot basic, based on what we're doing research-wise looking at his track record, but we have no idea what his approach is going to be. This is a fresh start for us and for him. So, you know, it's his first crack at being a DC. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm trying to think of who that is in the chat. Said they sent me an email. I'm trying to find it right now. Ron, okay. Ron, I've got it pulled up right now. It's going to be kind of hard to read. I'll see if I can share it here. Um, I don't like to read articles at all, much less on the air. So this might not be the best thing to do, but uh, I've got it pulled up here. Let me try to get it on the screen and show you guys real quick. Um, and let's see exactly what this says here. If you guys will confirm that you can see this okay. Oh, what in the world? Eric didn't oh. send it, did he? No, Eric, <laughs> no it was, if it was Eric, we'd be extra cautious. I promise yeah. you that. So. Right. You can't trust anything that Eric sends over. All right, let's just kind of glance through it real quick. You guys cut me off at any point. I really am not looking forward to reading this. If someone else <laughs> wants to volunteer, you can. Um, anyway, here we go. It's zoomed in all the way. So here we go. It says, uh, "Oh, how?" And I don't even know what's the date. Of, what's the date of this? We don't even know the date, do we? It says at times in 2018, it felt as though Ohio State's defense suffered from tunnel vision, from play calling, the scheme, to even the actual technique. The players on the field were taught. The silver bullets felt less loose, less free, and much more constricted than in years past in a system that resulted in more breakdowns than big plays. Uh, it appears many of those issues stemmed from coaching and that media and fans weren't the only ones who took notice of the struggles because one of Ryan Day's first moves as head coach was moving on from essentially the entire defensive staff. With a clean slate, Day made four hires and signaled exactly what he wanted, flexibility and Jeff Halfley. Day, uh, Day found a nickel defense expert, okay, with NFL experience and a resume packed with versatile uh, defenses. In Matt Barnes and Al Washington, he found young coaches who have produced plenty of talent at their position and young coaches that emphasize speed above all else. In uh, Greg Madison, he found steadying force to keep everyone in check and led the new group of coaching and lead the new group of coaching talent. I'm going to try to scan ahead. I don't care about all his assistants that are probably not even alive now, to be honest with you. But, uh, just glancing through here real quick. Much of what appears to stem from the first of those new hires, former 49ers defensive backs coach Jeff Halfley. Halfley was lauded uh, by NFL players and coaches for his ability as a technician. Uh, but his defenses, both in San Francisco as well as in Cleveland and Tampa, he preaches reading and reacting, simple schemes, and apparently a heavy, heavy dosage of zone defense. <laughs> so everybody's spot on this evening, fellas. It's going to be man heavy, although this article says it was a heavy dose of zone defenses. Uh, this came as a bit of a shock uh, to Ohio State's players, specifically their DBs, uh, as Damon Arnett um, put it, if he was asked about zone defense last season, he would have had he would have said, "We're a press corner team, man. We press. That's what we do every play." As he did to the media when asked about it earlier today. Is that the quote that he pulled earlier? Wow! If that's the quote, that is very misleading. Um, however, Arnett has seen the light as having his partners in the backfield, 
he mentioned specifically that last year's every down press coverage approach was a bit much. You can't do that. They don't do that every play in the league. So why do we have to do it every play? Um, Arnett isn't alone in noticing the differences from last year to this and isn't the only to attribute those changes to the reintroduction of zone defense into Ohio State's playbook. Jeff Okuda had a similar experience with the first-year co-coordinator. That's pretty much as far as I can read because of the screen grab there. But, um, yes. That's that's interesting. Co-coordinator. Yeah. You know. Manager. When I think when I think back to Seattle, and I think of San Francisco under Robert Sala and him bringing these guys over, they were zone heavy. So this whole man coverage thing, on the surface, it seems like it's probably a little out of control right now. It might not be true. And again, if they if they do play more man, if they play, let's say they play the most man in the league. If, if it falls into the normal percentages across the league, I think we're still going to be playing more zone than man. There's no team that plays more man than zone. So we got to kind of put that into perspective. Right, Jake? Am I, am I reading that right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we are all Damon Arnett. Yes. I think uh, <laughs> it would seem. I think we're, we're close to we're, – we're reaching that point where we're going to see the light, I think, and that's really good. So mm-hmm. the further we break down this stuff. But I, I'm, I'm also interested because I'm pretty sure I have – 2019 Ohio State defense. So I'm about to go see how how that zone looked as well with them because obviously he at least was had a hand in developing, you know, two corners who were first round picks in the 2020 draft. Absolutely. In Okuda and Arnett. So can't wait to see how that looks as well. Yeah, for sure. Anybody else got anything else on our boy Jeff Halfley? Anything, anything you want? Thoughts, comments? Everyone Jacob. seems halfly excited about it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Everyone seems a little bit confused. This came out of left field, man. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, like Andy A. Pack said, I mm-hmm. tweeted, all right, this one came out of left field. Andy A. Pack said, this came out of a different stadium, Clayton. Like, I don't know. It, did you see this one coming at all? Anybody? Anybody? Totally. Who? <laughs> Jake, am I wrong? Am I wrong? I want to ask Jake this because immediately I go to the numbers. I'm like, all right, let's see. Give me, give me a top twenty defense, right? Just give me a top twenty defense in college football. Why would we make it make sense? Do the numbers not matter? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe what matters is just what NFL players thought of him when he was in the league as a DBs coach, and and. Maybe more of what Ohio State thought of him. Because, I mean, when you think about, like, what college football is now, if you're a Boston college, like, basically, like, when you have, when you have like, oh, we've developed guys into three good players. Oh, see ya. Going to Florida State, going to Alabama, going to Oregon to play. Good point. Very good Like, point. they're good. They, all of these, like, even though the, you can call them mid-majors in, in the Power Five are going to start getting poached, right, in the transfer portal. And mm-hmm. – I'm sure that this is not the last uh, head coach of a program like this that is going to be like, maybe I should get a coordinator job or maybe I should get a QB coach job or something like that in the NFL because it's going to be better than than trying to run a college program that's sort of, you know, not not like the bottom of the barrel, but like to a point where like, okay, seven and five is a good season. And it's like if we have a better season. Oh, now players are leaving and, you know, they're getting more right. money elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I'm sure it was not an easy an easy gig for him uh, these last couple seasons when NIL is, is is what it is now and 
talented players are just going where they want to go and the big schools are, are, are raking it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said that he was like, man, he I started, it was COVID. He had to do zoom meetings for the team. And then the next year NIL. And then after that, as he's like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to grow kids, not, not have them just run out the door. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, so I have one more marked in here. Let's see here. Oh yeah. I like this right here. Number one, Packer said, hey, I didn't know my wife was going to be my wife until I went on first date. I was just trying to be positive. <laughs> yeah, unless you uh, ordered her on the interwebs, right? You didn't know that she was going to you – know, didn't get that written agreement, you know what I mean? So, uh, I agree, Jen Goody is going to have a fun presser tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think so. so, you know, we could sit here and go back and forth and go, yeah, we really don't know. Or we could talk about something else. We're going to dig into it. Like I said, Jake's going to dig into the tape and get some answers there. I'm going to try to watch a little bit from Boston College last year, too. I just want to watch a one- or a two-game saturation and go, okay, what are the fronts, right? And here's the thing, too, right, Jake? Like, if he comes in and says, hey, I want to run a 43 front, and Matt before goes, no, nah, we're going to stay with 34 jam. He's going to stay with 34 jam, right? <laughs> you, you would think there right. might have been a conversation right. going in, like, hey, here's what we're thinking with this mesh with what you want to do. But I'm with you, Emilio, and I think Tim said it earlier, too. Um, kind of feels like he was just done with college. Like, I'm tired of chasing mm-hmm. my tail down here doing this. So, um, yeah. want to get back into pro football. So, um, with that being said, let's talk about some good news. Y'all want to do that? Um, yeah. this, this stat dropped earlier. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually. Let me get this comment off the yes. air. My man, Dontavian. Yes. Dontavian. So, this was, I hope I'm saying it right. Arjun Menon, I believe, is who tweeted it out. It said, best and worst receivers this season at being charted as open versus single-man coverage. Number one in the entire National Football League was Dontavian Wicks. He had 78 single-man snaps. He was open 43 times. That's 55.1% open against single-man coverage. Tay Wicks, I'm trying not to jump to conclusions, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, he kind of feels like a young Tay Adams, man. He really does. Uh, I'm just telling you, he – you guys heard me say it like, Tim, what was it? Jacob, you were probably on here too. We were probably three quarters of the way through the season. I'm like, Tay Wicks is our number one receiver. Like, yep. it just feels like he's our number one. Um, let's go around the horn with the Tay Wicks talk. Uh, let's start with you, Jacob. You've been quiet the whole time. Um, what do you think about Tay Wicks and those numbers we just pulled up there? Number one, single man coverage as far as getting open, bro. Yeah, I mean, I guys know that. Don Wick has been my boy all all season. Yeah, I, he's another one of my um, guys that uh, unrealistically most like every single year we draft like our you know fourth, fifth, sixth round guys, and I get really excited. And Ryan comes on here and he craps all over <laughs> my. my <laughs> and it's good because we need usually most years he's right, and by the end of the year it's like you get maybe about three or four prospects really show that they have a lot of potential to grow. But this last year, man, I really do think that was a really great draft class. Um, or just our wide receivers taking throwing darts at wide receivers seems like whatever we're doing. I mean, even let's think about that. Our worst pick, I would argue, would be like, well, maybe Grant DeBose or like Samori Torre over the last like three years, which is, yeah, he's still those guys are still guys that could either make a practice squad or who knows what else. But, anyways, I, I, I'm just over the moon at this point to be where we are. Um, so yeah, I'm good, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna have anything bad to say. This receiving is tough. It is, Tim. You're right. <laughs> what do you, What do you think, uh, Tim Amelia? What do you think about Tay? You feel like he's the number one receiver? Uh, pretty as close as we have to one, right? 
Um, and I definitely think, uh, you know, as far as beating man coverage, that's our guy, you know, him or Rome for sure. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Wicks and Reed hand in hand all year long, two guys that just don't play like rookies. They did not play like your typical, you know, rookie receivers. And, uh, it'll be real interesting to see the year two jump, uh, from both of these guys. But yeah, I mean, and I believe, uh, Don Wicks has publicly said that he watched a lot of Devonte Adams film and that, you know, he's, he's a student of the release that, uh, Devante has uh, developed over his career. And, uh, it's very prevalent in, uh, Wicks's game. You can just see it. It's out there on film now. So, uh, year two is going to be nothing but excitement for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's it too. He, I think he's our number one production receiver, you know, moving forward. I, it's going to depend a lot on how he shows up uh, at camp, but I, I don't think he's our, I don't think he's loves number one right now yet. I, I don't think he's gotten that trust for him. I think Dobbs is still his number one, you know, in, in a pinch, give it to that, you know, but uh, I'm, I am excited about what's going to happen. I hope he, I hope he shows up to California this summer and, you know, goes works out, and I just I hope they all you know get that that chemistry going because it, it's going to be unreal. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Uh, how you feel about it, um, Jake? I mean, you've watched probably more tape than anybody here on the pod. You know, the thing I noticed about Tay, obviously, those numbers against single man coverage, it was a little bit convoluted. Like, okay, does that just mean one corner covering him with no bracket? Does it actually mean man coverage? Nonetheless, his separation is just unbelievable, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in, 20, in 2021 in Virginia, he had like 57 catches for like over 1,000 yards. So he was just hitting triples and doubles all season long, separating down the field with, with tempo, you know, kind of just pretty much dissecting corners and then just kind of had a down year in 22. And I think that contributed to the slide to day three because he was getting talked up in, in, in the summer of, of 22 a lot. <clears throat> as right. like a t- potential top five, top seven receiver. He went out and had, you know, kind of a down year with 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 bad quarterback play, and he and just kind of once again fell under the radar and definitely got open down here uh, in Mobile last year, no doubt about it. Yeah, we actually got a video from that, too. He was being interviewed, and he was asked about Tay Adams. So check this out. Try to model my game out of Devontae Adams. Uh, we same size, uh, skill, similar skill set, but – we don't want to get hit with a copyright, but you heard him. I modeled my game after Devontae Adams. I didn't know they were going to be playing Lil Weezy or someone. There. I don't even know who that was. I probably didn't say that right. But anyway, um, yeah, he said, yeah, I modeled my name, my, my game after Devontae Adams. I'm sure people went, oh, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> You're seeing it. Dude. The separation is just unbelievable. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Um, Jake, talk about the perfect receiver for a young whiteout to model his career after, right? I mean, right. absolutely. That is the limit. We got a mock draft keyed up here. It's the 40-minute mark. We can get this in, right, if y'all want to. First, though, Jake, takeaways yeah. from Mobile today. What stood out to you, man? Um, get my notebook, too. So mm-hmm. I think the big thing today was I was trying to get a look at O-line, D-line a little bit more um, for Green Bay. And just the more you watch Jackson Powers Johnson play, yeah. or you watch him in 1v1s, dude's just – Dude just has just advanced stuff. Like he is when 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 collisions are going on in the one v ones, right? He is doing a great job of like hopping back to reset his feet to make sure he's he's you know we're not getting too like scrunched up. We're getting space. We're getting balanced, and he's doing all this really nice reset stuff with his feet and his hands that he it just makes you it, it makes him look like he is 
a third or fourth year player in the league taking on, you know, these, these senior defensive tackles. And so he, he's just not losing reps down here at all. Uh, they're giving him looks of right guard, which for Packers fans, that's got to be a little exciting, I think yeah. as well. Um, you know, if you're kind of, you know, in the camp of like Myers is fine. He can, he can do the job. We can, we just need right guard, but he is just, he's been tremendous. Um, I think two others, I, I know there've been a few who have asked me about this on the live shows on Friday about McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M who is, was kind of used a little bit as a nose tackle at Texas A&M. He was listed about 320. I forget what he's listed at, right? What he, what he weighed in at right now um, down in mobile, but he, he was kind of the guy that people are asking, could he take on, could he take on double teams could be the nose tackle that, that kind of works by TJ Slate and that, and based on what I've seen on here, I'm not super confident in that. However, Dude's been playing a great pad level. Dude's been playing great hand uses. The placement's excellent. He's driving guards and centers back, you know, four or five yards into, into what would be the quarterback's lap and basically, you know, creating a pressure, right? The quarterback would have to move. They'd have to get out of the way and, and in the run game. And they do kind of like let the let the old lineman fire off the ball in some of the one-on-ones too. So it's to kind of like simulate run game stuff. And he's push-pulling guys. He's getting guys on the ground. And I think he's, he's just kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Has, has had a really, really solid week. And so if the Packers are looking, you know, defensive tackle, they want to shore that up. We kind of – Clayton, I think you kind of mentioned it just a little bit, I think, right, when we were talking about, you know, what could happen with with the hire. He's somebody to pay attention to. And especially, I think, you know, if, if there's going to be more five-techs, yeah. more five-tech play, Darius Robinson from Missouri is about to skyrocket at the media. One more, what was that name again? Uh, Darius Robinson from Missouri. He's, he's I think, like 6'4 and like 286. So a little bit more around that Gary weight when Gary came out in the draft, right? So yeah. he's playing. They're, they're kicking him inside. They're letting him rush at the five tech as well, and he's just different. Uh, his his positioning so good. The pad level is exceptional, and he's got wicked quick hands. And he is just he is just like dispensing and obliterating guys down here. And it's it was a kept secret for a long time about him and. The way Brugler's tweeting about him, somebody said that they – I forget if it was Brugler or not. Somebody goes, yeah, I'd like to drop a comp of what I think of this guy, but I, I'm very afraid about the mock draft landscaping landscape just completely changing when I say the name. So <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Well, no, I, ha- I have an idea, but I'm, it, it might be J.J. Watt. And so, Ooh. yeah, so I, I think that's what they were hinting at. Gotcha. So, man, he's he's had an excellent uh, an excellent week. I th- I still think now when we talked about like you know if there's more middle field closed with with Halfley, mm-hmm. I think Cam Kinchins from Miami kind of jumps back on the radar at safety, especially. Well, now I don't obviously we don't know we're speculating, but if, if that is indeed the case, I think that's somebody that that Green Bay is going to take a long look at, and probably they're already doing down here. So those are a few guys I think that stood out. Um, Clayton, your guy Ray Davis, have a heck of a week. Catches the ball. Really, he made. Baby, he's making. Right. He is. He has made about three spectacular catches in the one v ones. He 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 went up and got one on the sideline. Got both feet in, and then he had one hander up the seam today. Guys, just guys having a day. He 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 had a great day today. He's having a week. I, I'm excited to see him in the game on Saturday. My man, sweet baby Ray Davis. What about the? Uh, I was trying to listen today to the uh, the practice commentary and that kind of stuff. It seemed like I heard a guy's name quite a bit, and I looked back, um, and he looked like a monster. Tavondre Sweat, D tackle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, uh, I don't know. I I didn't see his measurables. 
posted, but when Nagy posted all the stuff about who was coming down, they had him verified at 6'4", 346. Um, he's running dudes over. Uh, him and him and Bo Limmer, the Arkansas center, have had some nice battles, but today he just <laughs> – I'm sure that clip's been around. He he just put him on – he put the center on the ground. Uh, there's just a different level of power with him, and so that's that's a favorite with, with a lot of the Packers fans right now when they're doing mock drafts and putting him in there in the second round. You're know, like, this is a great add to the f- defensive line. I'd love to see it. We haven't seen them go that big at defensive tackle, right? I think Slayton was like 330 uh, when he was drafted. But yeah, dude's just, he, he's played, when he plays with, he played with better pad level today and you could see the results. And, and it was just kind of like, oh, he's not rising up way out of his stance. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's engaging with much better positioning and it's, the results are excellent. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong too? I, I kind of felt like Sweat was, he was, he was a lot bigger prospect coming into the season. Is it just me, or does it feel like he's dropped a bit as we got closer to the end of the season? You know what I'm saying? Like preseason last year, I remember thinking this might be the best defensive line in the draft, right, defensive lineman in the draft. And now as we look at the mock draft database and all that, it's like there's several other people that are kind of above him. Was Newton always above Sweat? I think so, yeah. Newton was pretty high on the boards just because of what he did as a pass rusher from the three-tech. Uh, but both these Texas guys are, are really, really good. Obviously, Murphy's not down here this week. Uh, probably saw himself being mocked 11 in DJ's mock and said, I'm good. I'm good. Don't get hurt, right? Like, don't don't hurt yourself anymore. So I, I think that, yeah, Sweat, Sweat's definitely been on the radar. It was interesting at Texas because they kind of rotate uh, three, four guys in a lot. So they have a lot less snaps than a guy like Newton did this year, like 300 less. But their yeah. pressure rates are are, are – much much better. So there, Savage Sweat's a stud. It'll just be you know, it'll kind of be one of those things where Packers fans are going to love the guy all all throughout the draft process, and he won't have being a Packer. And I think a lot of people are going to kind of be upset about that. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Chisson in the chat must be a Bears fan. He said Caleb Williams is coming for you. And my question is, you what sure happened about to, that? What happened to, I don't know. What happened to Justin Fields? Get him. Wasn't he? You missed the news. Wasn't he supposed to be? Coming for us like the last. Maybe I maybe I dreamed that. I don't know, man. I don't see a trade. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen the trade for the the fields trade yet. So y'all want to do a just a a a rapid mock draft real quick? Are y'all down for it? Let's do it. Do it. Bang! Here we go. Look at you. Have to ask Clayton. It's almost like I planned it. Look, you're already ready to go. All right, so here we go. (laughs) Let's go around. That's really good. I love it. (laughs) Let's go around the horn. All right. What we're gonna do is no trades, all right? Don't be trying to do anything, you know, fishy over here, guys. Jacob, you're going to get the first pick. Tim, you'll get the second. Emilio, you get the third. Ooh. And you've got to use Jake as your advisor, all right? Mm. So you and nice. Jake, all of you and Jake have to decide on these picks. We might get through seven rounds. We might just get through three. I don't know. The scouting room is going to have heavy debates here. This is, you know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I got my black rifle coffee in hand, but we'll see yeah. how it goes. All right. So oh, here we go. Let's start this baby. Oh, oh my God. Did you just did you just see the number one pick for our boy in the in the uh in the room here? Can we go back oh, and please look? tell me he didn't get picked right in front of if, us? If he did not, if they did not take Caleb, how can I look at the overall draft? I think no, Dallas did not just do are you kidding me? Oh <laughs> brother. All right. Well, our draft board's brother. already just blown up. Yep. That is hilarious. I wanted to see who was drafted because – oh, let's see here. Let's show. 
Look, look. Okay, he did go number one. <laughs> Wait, no, I, I he's just he ranked number one. one. I went, oh, I don't think he did. I don't think he I don't, did. I don't he's just he ranked did. there. That's just ranked there. So how do we on the consensus see? board? Can we go? We can't go back up here, right? I think you'll have to wait till the end. Okay, I'm eager to see. But that. I'm pretty sure it was Marvin Harrison Jr. Clayton, right? Uh, where does it say? It says drafted players hide and show. Can you click? Yeah, that? That's what I just did. Yeah, just but I think that's the consensus okay. board. Oh, I get sure. it. Okay, that's all it is. So anyway, let's stay on. See, we're already off topic. My <laughs> God, here we go. All right, so Jacob, you got the first pick. You just tell me where to scroll up or down, whatever it looks like your best available. Yeah, yeah. Wide uh, receiver yeah. Keon Coleman. You got quarterback Michael Penix Jr., edge defender Braylon Trice, interior offensive lineman from Duke Graham Barton, and then you got Bo Nix, quarterback from Oregon. Which quarterback are you taking, Jake? <laughs> uh, I think I'd I'd have to be smart and go Graham Barton, but my if I wanted to be a little dicey, I I really do like Keon Coleman and I, I like Trice. Okay, so who's your pick? <sighs> I'm going Jimmy Johnson here. Shut up and make your pick. <laughs> Martin. Martin. All right. You got to run it by your draft advisor over there. How are we feeling Jake, about Jake, that? Jake, what do you think? I would like a scroll down. All right. We're going to scroll down a touch. Ooh, Just a little. I like Just a little. Pastor as well, but. <laughs> I love it. And Kitchens. Um, Jacob said draft everybody. <laughs> shoot. At this point, I think I'd either say Lasseter or Kitchens. Mm, what are you thinking, Jake? Um, let me go on down. Tough, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit, a little bit more. See, Jake, he knows where the gyms are. He's like, no, nah, don't, I mean, don't stand that Guyton's the best tackle in the draft. I don't know, I don't know about that, but you know, I, I feel, I feel good about where the secondary, with the, where these secondary guys are. If you, if you feel confident in Barton, Jacob, I'm okay, I'm good with that. Oh, he's signing like, off. I feel oh, confident. Right. I feel confident, even though they're probably not taking the interior O line the first round. This is our mock, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Exactly, correct. This, this is our mock. Yeah. So John Runyon, it was fun, buddy. It was a good run, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no well, pun intended. But maybe Josh Myers, it was a good run. That's do, do you, do you, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think Graham Barton would start over Josh Myers? I mean, he's he's played center mm-hmm. at Duke, so not impossible. Got it. All right, we're going Grand Barton, interior offensive lineman. Now let's see where. Oh my gosh! Oh yes. Oh the Bears want to. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. See that great news. Great right news. here, man. I think I know what this pick's going here. Oh what? Um, Tim, here's who you got, man. You got quarterback Michael yeah, Penix Jr. I'm, you got quarterback JJ McCarthy. You got Even safety Cameron Kinchins. You got defensive lineman Leonard Taylor, and you got cornerback Enos Rakestraw Jr. If you're going. Clayton, he can read it. Stop reading it. We've got people on a podcast. So there's your top five choices. Tim, who are you taking? Man? My gut's saying Kenshin's unless uh, our draft advisor thinks otherwise. What are you thinking, No, Jake? I love it. I love it. Jake said run that card up there. Yes. Run it up print. there. Someone. I don't know who. <laughs> a plus. A plus. Look at that. I'm plus, learning. Tim, you're getting a pay raise. Good job. Oh gosh, still Emilio, you ready too. for this? Wow. Look, look who's still there, too, as we're now Dang. picking the 58th spot. You've got – the 41st best pros, uh, prospect here, defensive lineman Leonard Taylor. This is, for those of you listening on the pod, this is the consensus uh, mock draft, if you will, the consensus uh, draft database from NFL mock draft, uh, mock draft database.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got defensive lineman Leonard Taylor out of Miami. You got safety Tyler Newbin, my boy. You got linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., running back Blake Corum, defensive line Brandon uh, Dorless. I hope I'm saying that right. And we got running back Jonathan Brooks, who obviously battling the ACL to be a little while before he's ready to go. So 
What do you think, Emilio? What do you think? Wow. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to my advisor here. I am, I am going to phone a friend. I am <laughs> leaning towards Mr. Newbin, and we'll just we'll just lock secondary. Honestly, that's really sick if we go that route. That that's sick. Um, but I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not. Mad yeah, at I was that. waiting for it. I'm not well, mad I don't at want. That I want you to pick Trotter. Yeah. All right. So, what are you thinking? Final. He said he's good with it. Are you? Good? I'm good right. with I'll... it. I. The, the, there are two D linemen that are obviously nice players on the board, like Taylor. But I think he's kind of a retread of a three tech rusher that we've kind of already got in the roster. Got you it. could say Doorless. He he dropped to 275 pounds. Maybe he's you know looking at you know, looking at a five tech there. Right. Okay. You know, depend if if that's where Halfley's gonna gonna kind of roll with things. But like, how good is this back end mm-hmm. with Kinchins and Newbin on it? Yeah. I and think- if, you, if you miss on one, right? If one of them does end up being yeah. an absolute bust, you're yeah. probably still good, right? I immediately think Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, right? Mm-hmm. You double dip. Yeah. What is both in, they're both in the second round. We might as well just knock them out, get both the safety done in the second. We'll get out of here. <laughs> I, I saw I saw Donald <laughs> Donald put Kinchins in all caps uh, a few a couple minutes ago, and he's like, "Oh, I was behind." <laughs> we so got I, Donald. We got him. We got him. <laughs> I've got to ask you about Good. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Okay, how do you feel about him? What what pick do you feel like he's worthy of? And I know that's somewhat of a loaded question, Jake, but I'm big on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Or would we be going? Would we would we be wrong going with another safety and passing up on a linebacker? And let's say Devondre Campbell de- continues to decline, and we don't pick up, you know, someone in free agency. We don't fill that gap there. Are we kind of setting ourselves up for failure? Especially if we're going to go to a, a four three, where you're going to have essentially two inside linebackers now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or I'd say three inside linebackers. I should say, you know, those stand up, those stack backer types. What do you think? Where would you put Jeremiah Trotter Jr.? Would he be worthy of this pick, or would you just go, nah, 10 spots more value with Tyler Newbin? Just go Newbin. Yeah, I think Trotter's I think Trotter's worth this pick. Um, I think he'd be a really nice, really, really nice Will linebacker that can run and chase mm-hmm. and do a lot of that stuff, blitz as well from his spot, operating coverage, you know, kind of in the hook curl and the flats, you know, read the quarterback's eyes. I, he does a great job with all that stuff. I wouldn't be mad at that here at all. But mm-hmm. man, Kitchen's Newbin, like hello. Let's oh my it. goodness. There you go. So you got two potentially two starting safeties bang right off the bat, right? So you're good to go there. It's um, beautiful. Let's see. We're simulating back through. We're now at pick 88. All right. Pick 88. Gotcha. Jacob, here is your top choices. You've got running back Jonathan Brooks, keep in mind the ACL. Uh, Trey Benson, running back out of Florida State. You got wide receiver Jermaine Burton, defensive lineman Rook. Um, how do you say that? Orahora? Am I am I thinking right? Jake, how do you sure, say that? No cussing on the podcast. How do you say that? Oh, the, oh, the Clemson D line. Yeah. How do you say that? row uh, row. I'm not kidding. Aurora. Yeah. Row row your boat. All right. Uh, <laughs> linebacker Peyton Wilson out of NC State. Cornerback DJ James. I could scroll up and down. Jacob, any of those uh, names get your attention here, man? Right away, I really like Trey Benson. Um, as everybody knows, I've trying to look and secure that running back room. We're not sure what's going to happen with, with Mr. Um, Aaron Jones. We don't know what's going to happen with Dylan. For that matter, we don't have a solidified RB3. In my opinion, I think Trey Benson would be the most running back NFL-ready 
uh, guy. I don't know what you think, Jake. Um, I I like Trey Benson. I think there's really good processing work and, and reactive reactive processing that he does as a running back. Obviously, the burst and big plays are there. I do wonder that he has been you know heavily used in gap scheme stuff at Florida State. How much he how much he'd fit with with kind of the zone stuff that Green Bay's running. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the one question I think between him and Brooks that 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 I would raise in in the draft room. Um, but I'm not mad at it. I think it's I think Benson gives you more size at the position than Brooks does. I, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I think it's good. Cool. And you got possibly the next guy to step in for Aaron Jones as his career starts to wind down, right? And you can well, kind of mold him behind Aaron Jones. I like it. I like it. I right, still hope. Yeah. Look at A plus. Oh, yeah. Kidding me. That's what's up right there. All right. Next pick. Pick 91. Is this the one from the Jets or was it 88? Wait a minute. No, it was oh, early. You mean Buffalo? Yeah, Buffalo. That's right. So is Buffalo 91 or 88? It'd be 91. I think Buffalo is 91. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Tim, you get the final pick here. Um, I, I want you, Emilio, and Jake to figure this one out. Running back Jonathan Brooks still there. Wide receiver Jermaine Burton um, out of Alabama. You've got Aurora. I think I'm saying it right. Defensive linebacker, <laughs> linebacker Peyton Wilson. Cornerback mm-hmm. DJ James out of Auburn. Defensive line Michael Hall Jr. Interior offensive line Zach Zinter. Um, what are you thinking here, man? I run the so, car. Can I? Yeah, I was going to ask. Does Mike Hebring have a thought on this? Does he? <laughs> What did Mike Evering say? What did, what did does, he say? Does he does he want someone specific at this pick? I was just wondering <laughs> to hear from him if possible. Wilson. Wilson. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Okay. And I, all right, all right. and I was going to ask you about Aurora Haro, and uh, now I feel oh. stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we better we better pick Peyton Wilson before Mike Hebring has. Yeah, I think Wilson. I think I think Mike's kind of put the pressure on here. But like, hey, look, man, you're talking about 70, also, the 73rd top talent according to the consensus big board, right? Picking at 91, pretty good. I, I think uh, he's got a ton of size, good coverage instincts. Like this is a guy who could probably move and almost play every spot in a 4-3, just saying. Okay. Yeah, and some people are probably saying, what about defensive line? What about defensive line? If you are switching to a 4-3, we got to get confirmation. But if you are, you're probably going to need to pick up that extra linebacker because we got plenty of D tackles, right? You're gonna have you're gonna have Kenny Clark. You're gonna have Devontae White. You're gonna have T.J. Slayton. Um, you're gonna have Carl. Bro- I, I, dude, Carl Brooks in a four three. Oh, that gets me excited. Hook. That gets me very hook. So, all right. So we're going Peyton Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Hebring said, "Everybody, shut up! I'm making this pick." <laughs> all right. There you go. I'm gonna try to screen grab that real quick if it'll let me, and then we'll wrap this big bear up because I'd like to. Uh, Maybe just keep that for tomorrow morning's pie or well tomorrow evening's podcast. We'll kind of revisit Ooh. it. That was our top Ooh. picks there. So some nice um, guards yeah. still available at one twenty six. I like that. <laughs> hey, and we'll a nice see. defensive lineman right there too. Oh, they're just taking saying. mahogany for sure. Are you kidding me? You talked me into it. All right, we're at one twenty six. Let's do one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call on this one. So when I see a couple of guys at a position, right? that are sitting at the top at the same position, this is immediately what I want to do. Bang, let's just go to interior offensive line and look at all of them, okay? Right. Kind of seems like the talent drops off a bit, at least according to this database. Jake, obviously you've got 96 Christian Haynes out of UConn. You've got Christian Mahogany out of Boston College. Oh, Boston College ties. There you go. Um, we'll say. I know different we'll side say. of the ball, but still. Um, it drops all the way down from 98 to 130. So am I wrong thinking those top two guys is probably where we're needing to go there? 
I would just I would also just check corner. Corner? Look at Not to freak everyone out. Here but we, we haven't drafted. Oh, 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 it's over. Oh, it's yeah. Done. Yep. Done. It's over. It's over. brother, and get it over with. Call it a day. day. Does anybody disagree? Speak up now. Trevor, hold your peace. Hey, Jake. Jake, could you let us know about the kid from Rutgers? <laughs> yeah, you might recognize that last name. Um, <laughs> We're doing oh, next and People Come know it's because his brother's Come bow. On. No, that's the 107th best pick in the draft right now. And like, he runs 20 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. He's We're getting him at 126. That's good value. And you see that orange suggestion box right there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, even telling plus. you to do it. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Hey, we crushed it, dude. What the hell's Goody doing? He has no idea how to run this on What do you mean? He's watching right now, Clayton. Don't worry. Yeah. I just would like to. Yeah. I'm going to at Goody in like a few months and be like, you couldn't land Kinchins and Nubin. What are you even doing? <laughs> what are we paying you for? Dude? Terrible. I love it. Oh man! All right, round the horn, Jacob. What you got? Let's wrap this thing up. No, I mean that's honestly ideal right there. That uh, if we could just time seal that that draft and just run that one in that card, that'd be good. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Um, no, in all seriousness, I mean it is exciting. Now we we've got another puzzle piece that we added today, so we know who the guy is. Um, I'm gonna leave it up to guys like Jake and yourself to dive into that tape and let us know really what it's going to mean. And it it might be hard, like we talked about, because even the tape quote unquote, we have um, at Boston college, you know, that's him as a head coach. And what is encouraging as far as his personality, there's a lot of clips of him basically bashing. I know they talked about it briefly, the, the, the NIL and all that, the the money aspect of it. And there's no loyalty anymore and how these, these kids, there's no respect. It's, it's just getting what they can get to move on. I think that that shows that he wants to build something and be a part of a team. And obviously this last year, it showed the team is, it's a bunch of dudes that I think are looking for that. Um, And hopefully we don't have to completely rebuild on defense. These guys can all gel together and, and hopefully have a good year. Yeah, we had a question in here asking about Darius Robinson to see if he was available at that spot. Let me see. He's interior defensive lineman. Am I thinking right, Jake? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Darius should, Robinson. It should be. I don't know. Sometimes the mock draft database gets a little funky with the positions. That's the thing, too. It took Sometimes. us all over to 167 after we made our pick. So he's not on here, but it doesn't mean he wasn't available when we picked there at 126. Possible. So, yeah. There's a good chance he was. So I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying, buddy? No, yeah, I don't know if um, if Deb Fish was in here when we were talking about him a little bit earlier, like who was standing out at the Senior Bowl. But, yeah, he's having a great week. And, I mean, if they're moving to five tech, like that might be kind of like the guy that that you probably should get familiar with um, just cause, as, as a flexible defensive lineman. So Good stuff. And he probably not- won't be available at like ni- 91. I might would be my guess by the time April rolls around just based on what I'm hearing down here. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It happens every year, and those guys do seem to pop when they get to the next level. Man, that senior bowl is a real thing for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a clip here that was actually sent. Out. I'm trying to think of who sent it. I'm not. I want to give credit, but I'm probably. Let's see here. This came in from Smitty, right? I think it was Smitty that sent it over. This is actually a quick clip of Richard Sherman talking about Jeff Halfley. Okay, it's like a minute long. Let's watch this. I'll get Tim's take, Emilio's take. We'll wrap this thing up. Halfley, now you had a full season to work with him, get to know him, how he operates. Uh, what has impressed you uh, about him? His preparation is, is is some of the best I've seen. You know, I've had some great defensive 
back coaches, some great defensive coaches, defensive minds. Um, and he's right up there. He's with his preparation and how he breaks down film and how easy and simple he makes the game plan sound and how easy he makes it for guys to understand. Like he paints a, a very vivid picture of, of what you're going to see. And, and it's all about executing. Like I've, I've tried to explain to you guys over and over, like they, they give us the plays a lot of times. A lot of times they prepare us really well. And it's there you go. So sounds like a, uh, a prep guy, right? Might have us a, a junkie there. I'm excited about it, man. We'll see Is what the happens. Sherman feud over? No, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what he says. He'll probably disagree with this move too, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll see. So anyway, uh, we're not letting it in that easy. Tim, Amelia, what do you think, buddy? Anything else y'all got to add to the conversation? Anything else you want to hit on, man? I mean, if we're looking at what Richard Sherman just said there, I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you hear Matt LaFleur's comments uh, a couple weeks ago about bottom line, if you're not going to execute, if you're not going to produce, you're, you're not going to be here. So it makes sense to make a hire like this at D.C. if that's going to be the attitude, um, you know, getting the best out of the players that we have. Um, you know, I'm excited. It's it's a, a new dawn here at 1265 uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So and we already got to have fun doing a mock tonight, you know, with that in mind, you know, speculating on what we think this defense is going to look like. Uh, we won't know for uh, a while yet, but at least we know who who our defensive coordinator is. So there's a lot to uh Lot to look forward to. Good stuff. What's up, Milio? Anything, buddy? Uh, I'm excited to see him as a DC and not a head coach, and see how he does. Just being able to focus 100 on that, I think he's going to bring the. I think he's going to bring some fire, and I hope he can, you know, get it out of the players. Um, being able to, you know, be be a coach, be you know, somewhat, you know, above them, but then still be able to have that personal level and relationship. Um, because you know we, they they're there all the time and um, but um, it's exciting. I, I'm excited to break down some tape now. Yeah. <laughs> Red most is simple and easy, so guys will be playing full speed. I like the sound of that. Let's see. Let's hope that converts over. Afam Roth says in the chat, Johnny Jolly D line coach coming next. He can be in here sipping on that scissor, ain't he? That purple drink. <laughs> anyway, Jake, I know you like me saying your name after making a comment like that. Um, anything else you want to wrap up with here, buddy? <laughs> like, he's like, I got to get off this podcast. Wow. I'm ruining all my credibility. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really excited because I know there was a, a lot of the quick reaction stuff of like all the quotes that people can pull. I, I, I just can't wait to see kind of how this defense, you know, flushes itself out. Really. I, I can't wait to see what we actually end up running and, you know, the personnel we add from the draft, uh, uh to complete the off season. I mean, how can you not be excited about 2024, right? It's, it's, yeah. It, and it's I was just thinking about it earlier today. I'm like, you know, if we did a chalk talk every week, breaking, just going back through the previous season and just going like, hey, you guys remember these three or four plays from week one, then week two, week three? If we did that every week from here on out, that'll run us up to like past OTAs, right? So it's not that long. It's going to be a blink of an eye. The draft's going to be here. Free yeah. agency's going to pass. The draft will be talking OTAs. It's going to be. We'll be here every step of the way too, for sure. I know who else will be here. It'll be Paul Robertson. He says, "Afam wears a onesie when he watches the show." So there you go. Um, yeah, these who? <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Want to give a special shout out. Thanks to Josh Martin. Appreciate the super chat, buddy. No show tomorrow morning. We'll be back tomorrow night for PTA Live, unless these guys want to do a show in the morning. You guys are going, Clayton, you said you weren't going to be here tonight. I know. Believe me, I know. I got to go over and stare my wife in the eye when I ran her out of the restaurant earlier because we hired a DC that I went, who? So, <laughs> anyway. 
Thank you all for your time. We appreciate it. We'll see you all tomorrow. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. He's on the tackle. He takes the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.